Hey, buddy, I'm not paying you to hear your thoughts on life. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! Allow myself to introduce myself. Welcome to Season 3 of the Raise Your Game Show, a podcast that unpacks and dissects the strategies and principles of high performance in sports and business. I'm your host, Alan Stein Jr. In this season, I lean on several of the most innovative and impactful leaders I know to garner their wisdom on how to effectively lead during times of adversity, how to remain poised during a crisis, and how to look for and capitalize on new opportunities. While these Zoom recordings took place during the height of the coronavirus pandemic, the tips, strategies, and principles shared are timeless and can be applied to any future challenge. They also have very high utility. The wisdom dropped can and should be applied to any line of work in any industry in any organization. For additional resources on improving performance, leadership, and culture, please check out allensteinjr.com backslash free. Follow me at Alan Stein Jr. on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, and opt in to receive my full timeout, 30-second timeout, and overtime monthly emails. Today I'm in the huddle with John Shire, the associate head coach for Duke University's men's basketball team. Coach Shire, as a coach, uh, you're used to dealing with adversity on a very regular basis, you know, whether it's a, a costly turnover at the end of a close game or, or one of your starters goes down with an injury and has to miss a few games. But this is truly an unprecedented time. And, and how are you personally and how is the Duke basketball family, you know, coping with, with this global pandemic that we're all faced with now? Well, it's been quite an adjustment to say the least. And, you know, I think the big blessing in this is we all get some more family time than we normally would. And, uh, of course, I don't get to see you know, Nolan and Nate and Chris, they're, they're beautiful faces in person, but uh, we do it on the computer. Uh, we've adjusted as a staff and as a program and really just trying to figure out how to protect our players and, you know, try to look ahead here and see what we can, uh, see what we can do to plan, um, plan ahead, plan accordingly. Uh, so we take care of them the best that we can. I love it. And before we hit record, you said that you and the staff meet virtually uh, every day. Uh, so two part question. One, um, how often are you guys talking to the team and what does that, that look like? Are you hitting guys up individually or are there some group chats? And then the second is, uh, how is Coach K done with moving to virtual? You know, one thing I know about him is he's a guy that likes to meet. He's a guy that likes to look you in the eye and have face to face relationships. So how's his adjustment been moving to kind of a virtual world? Yeah, no, it's a good question. I mean, you talk about adapting, you know, I give, I give coach all the credit in the world. You know, he's, he's great on zoom. Uh, he's done a really good job with it. I know he's had a few speaking engagements he has to do. And, and like I told you before, we're meeting every day, uh, which has been good. You know, as far as the team goes, it's so unique with, uh, you know, we only have four scholarship players returning this next year. So we try to do everything individually uh, you know, uh, it's finals right now for our guys. And so virtual classes, we need to make sure everyone finishes up in a good spot and uh, making sure just their families are doing well, they're doing okay. Uh, but a lot of individual talks and texts right now. Gotcha. Uh, prior to this, what would you say is the biggest adversity you've faced in basketball? I know basketball has been a major part of your life for your entire life uh, as a player and a coach. Uh, what would you say is the biggest hurdle you've had to climb before this? Um, 
Well, I think it was like when I was a sophomore in high school, I went to a camp and, you know, all of a sudden I was stuck with a guy, Ellen Stein, who was just, you know, busting my balls at a basket and pulled me through <laughs> the hardest workout I've ever dealt with. No, that's, <laughs> but uh, I remember that though, by the way. Uh, but, but, you know, for me, it was when I finished up at Duke, we won the national championship my senior year. And I caught on with Miami Heat summer league team in the second game. Uh, I got poked in the eye and lost all my vision in my right eye. And it was a bizarre injury. And for the, I, you know, practice, I'd never missed a practice at Duke. I'd never, never missed a game. I was coming off the season. I actually uh, broke the record in ACC for most minutes played in the season. So durability is something I've been proud of and showing yeah. up every day. So all of a sudden now I don't even have a team. I'm not sure when the next time I could play was. Uh, and that was probably the toughest time in my basketball career and had to figure out, you know, where to go from there. I bet. When did you know that you wanted to get into coaching? Uh, was that before you had started, you know, playing and say, eventually I know I'll have to stop playing at some point and I'll be a coach? Or is that something you didn't decide until almost you, you needed to? Well, I remember when I was 10, 11 years old and I would make these, uh, I'd make up fake rosters and, and schedules for college teams. And I would have every team you could imagine. And I always dreamed about being a coach. I think in, in, I'm sure I'm not alone in this, but in my mind, I thought I would get into coaching at age 35 after a, you know, 12, 13 NBA, you know, uh, NBA career, 12, 13 yep. years in the NBA. Uh, for me, it just happened to be at age 25. And so I always wanted to coach. The, the process happened much earlier than I ever thought that it would. Uh, at this point, I'm thankful for it, but uh, coaching has always been something that I wanted to get into. I love that. Now, you're clearly a winner. You won a state championship in high school. You won a national championship as a player and then again as an assistant coach. What do you think are the most important ingredients to creating a winning culture, which obviously Duke basketball has? Well, uh, you know, I think that's uh, it's a great question. And it's something that I, I don't know if you can necessarily uh, uh, put words to it fully. Um, but I, I think it boils down to sacrifice. You know, I think that's the first first and foremost thing. You know, when I think about the teams I've been on that have won championships, it really wasn't about guys getting their numbers. It wasn't about guys getting caught up in their individual accolades. Um, it was about doing whatever the team needed. I know that sounds cliche and simple, but it's, it's really true. And um, that was honestly on the two championship teams I've been a part of as a, as a player and then the one as a coach in 2015, both all three teams had that, uh, and I don't think that can be, you know, overstated enough. So it's basically guys accepting the role that the team needs them to play as opposed to maybe the role that they would prefer or want to play. And, and I agree. That's probably the, the hardest yeah. part in coaching uh, is getting guys to buy into a role that's different than maybe they would personally uh, want. Um, what, what exactly is your role now as the associate head coach? Like, what are your primary duties? Are they um, somewhat different than what's expected of Nolan and Nate? Do you guys divvy everything up, or is it kind of everybody working together? What does that look like from your vantage point? Well, it's nice that, you know, I'm lucky to work with guys and Nate and Chris and Nolan who have had – we've known each other for a long time. We know Coach really well, so we have a, a great relationship. And we work as a team. And so, you know, recruiting, it's not like one of us have a certain area. We all recruit, we all scout, we all coach on the floor. Um, and we do a great job of um, balancing each other out. We all have different personalities. And so, you know, one day I may be working with 
Wendell Moore and you know Wendell means maybe a different voice one day see well you why don't you hit Wendell today and see see if you can work on him on this and um, we do that constantly throughout the year and uh, I'm, again I'm lucky to be in that spot with you know some really good guys. Absolutely. And, and I think one of the things that always makes Duke basketball so unique is that you all played for coach and now you work there. So you guys have an even stronger vested interest in, in the legacy of the program. How has your relationship with Coach K changed having been a player and then now you've been coaching alongside him for a while now? How has your relationship evolved? Well, it's it's great now. I mean, I don't get yelled at for turning the ball over, so that's <laughs> <laughs> so that's one way it's changed, or, or passing up shots, or not being aggressive enough. Um, but you know, I, in in all seriousness, it's coaches. Um, we've our relationship has grown more than just a coach-player relationship. You know, now as someone is, I consider a close friend of mine. I mean, he's a person that. You know, he's a mentor of mine and someone I go to for important decisions in my life. And, you know, I'm lucky we built up a relationship. He can confide in me. And so where it's more um, back and forth, and obviously, I mean, look, he's the boss and he's Coach K end of the day. Um, but we have that relationship and that's been fun for it to develop. I bet so. Now, what, what are your, do you, do you aspire to be a head coach at some point? And, and I'm certainly not trying to ask any type of loaded question. Right. <laughs> and, and if so, uh, how do you think you'll know when you are ready? Well, I, uh, well, one, I, I definitely do want to be a head coach. That's been something that I've dreamed about doing. And, you know, I've had talks with coach about this and, you know, really I'm an amazing spot here at Duke. And when I leave, it has to be for the right, for the right spot, right job right opportunity. And I feel I'm ready. I work, you know, my butt off, you know, all year long and I've had a good experience. Um, when it's for the right thing, I think I'll know. I think I know I'll have coaches support, but again, I'm not in any rush. This is right. an amazing spot, but no question at some point, that's, that's what I want to do. It's nice when you don't have to feel any pressure to go on because you are in such a great spot. And, and every day that you're there, you're being groomed and learning even more of, of what you do, you know, when, yes. when you'll take over a program. Um, what would you say are, are the most important core values that you all preach very regularly that you think have the highest utility? Stuff that would serve someone when they stop playing basketball and enter the business world, something that would help them be a, a better father or a member of their community. But, but what are some of the most important core values? Well, the thing I've always loved about Coach, and this is part of his fist, but you know, he talks about collective responsibility. And, you know, how often do you see, and, you know, obviously you're in the sports world and see a lot of this stuff, and I know this is important to you, but after a loss where people are pointing fingers and saying, well, I did my job, but, you know, this guy or the coach or the refs, whatever it may be. And, you know, Coach has always been about we win together, we lose together. And that's what collective responsibility is. And, you know, something else that I think is harder and harder as time goes on with um, the way social media has been, uh, has come into everyone's lives. And uh, just for kids nowadays is communication. I mean, it's, it sounds very simple, but the ability to confront and a moment's notice coach always talks about and the ability to get on your teammates, to encourage your teammates, um, those things I think are harder and harder every year to get. And we try our best to, to focus on those areas and work on it even harder. 
Absolutely, yeah. I remember him, uh, I think it was in one of his books I read, something to the effect of, you know, confrontation is just meeting the truth head on. And, and that yes. when you confront a teammate, as long as you're, you're, you're not talking at them, you're talking with them, that that's going to be a good resolution. And, but that's something that needs to be practiced because I think a lot of young people don't feel that way. They feel that confrontation or when someone disciplines them, it's a bad thing. And, and I've always learned from you all that it's actually a sign of love when you hold somebody accountable to the highest standards. Uh, I love that. Um, in what ways do you think, I mean, and, and this may sound like an awkward question, when you do take over your own program, you know, given how long that you've played under or worked under Coach K, uh, I would imagine that there'd be a lot of similarities in the way that you do a program. But I also know that you're incredibly bright, a, a tremendous basketball mind, and you're your own person as well. So do you, what is kind of your mindset and approach to kind of creating your own niche and your own philosophy and convictions, but more than likely probably doing things the way that you were taught? Well, it's a great question. And it's actually something that coaches talked about. And, you know, he's, uh, you know, his experience. I mean, when you talk to him, obviously the coaches he's been around, the guys he's played for and uh, some of his mentors, he realized very early, he's, he, and he said this specifically to me, he had to realize he had to be himself. He wasn't trying to be, you know, who his coach was. And he goes, the same thing for you. Like, be you. <laughs> That's yeah. the worst thing you can do end of the day. And so I think I'll naturally figure out what's best for me and some things that I'll try to do more and figure out. But end of the day, I mean, Duke is what I believe in and the things that yes. coaches <laughs> taught me and coaches are guys about, I believe in 100%. At the end of the day, though, there's only one Coach K, <laughs> right? There's, there's one Coach K, yes. and I'm not trying yes. to be him, um, but there are definitely values and things that I believe in with, you know, my entire heart that we do every day here. For sure. And, and to that same point, I mean, there's only one John Shire, and, and you'll carve your niche the way the other guys have. I mean, it's, it's so fun watching the Duke coaching tree, you know, whether it's, it's Wojo or Coach Capel or, or Johnny D or any of those guys, and you see – some, some threads of Duke basketball and what they do, but you also see their own individuality and their own yes. thumbprint on it. And I just think that that speaks volumes to what you all have created. Uh, another thing I've always found interesting about just Duke in general is uh, most people view you all in a very polarizing way. People absolutely love Duke, like myself, or people absolutely hate and loathe Duke. There doesn't seem to be fans that are anywhere in between. <laughs> no. uh, I imagine that was pretty interesting, both as a player and as a coach, that you guys are either loved or despised no matter where you go. It was. And, you know, I, I've come to learn, you know, they can hate us, they can love us. End of the day, they're watching us, though, and they're paying attention yes. to when Duke is playing. And so um, that's something you always want to play when the spotlight's on. You, I always felt like it's better, be, better to play in a – packed arena than it is to play when someone doesn't really care as much. And so uh, I think, I know at this point, I mean, I've learned to love it every second of it. There's nothing like playing in a hostile environment where the crowd hates you and, you know, wants to beat you so badly. And uh, to win in places like that doesn't get, doesn't get much better. No, it sure doesn't. And, and even those that may despise Duke, they always have a very strong respect uh, for what you all do and, and how you do it. Uh, I would have assumed that uh, I didn't do too much digging back into your high school days, although I do remember uh, being with you at the McDonald's game <laughs> and the Jordan game, but I would imagine you had many suitors coming out of high school. What was it that made you choose Duke and, and choose to play for Coach K? Well, I think end of the day with when you're choosing any school, it's about the connection you feel with the coaching staff 
and the school, but also the players you're going to going to play with. And uh, you know, Chris Collins, he went to the same high school. We had a you know connection ever since I was young. Uh, and then you know, coach's vision for me as a player, I just felt like that's it. Like he gets me. Um, he gets what I'm all about. And then the the last part of it, Alan, was people kept saying I wasn't good enough to play at Duke. Mm -hmm. And so the more people said, you know, you shouldn't go to Duke, you know, you're not going to play, you can't be as good there, the more I wanted me, the more I wanted to go and prove people that uh, they didn't know what they were talking about. So you had a little chip on your shoulder. You you like to prove people wrong, which I imagine, I mean, that's kind of the, the Duke ethos. You, you love when guys hate on you and you love when guys say that you're overrated. Uh, that gets everybody pumped up. That's uh, yes. Yeah, that's 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 pretty cool. Um, have you been watching the the Last Dance docuseries with the Bulls? Absolutely. Yeah. So I, so have I. I'm, I'm all, all caught up at the time of this recording. Uh, what are some of your thoughts on that? I mean, that's you know when you look back at your age of when that was actually going on. I mean, those were pretty formative years. So I'm sure it brings back some pretty good basketball memories. They were. I mean, I remember, uh, you know, Bulls used to practice at the multiplex. And I remember I was lucky my mom would take me there and to watch practice. And, you know, one of the guys they even talked as much about that I loved is Horace Grant. You know, he was in the last episode. Oh, yeah. um, and I actually met Horace uh, one day. I was at the multiplex you know, watching the Bulls practice. And Horace was there. And I looked up to my mom. I said, you know, mom, is that Michael Jordan? And Horace <laughs> looked down at me and he said, I, I wish. <laughs> and, uh, and, but anyway, I didn't get a picture with MJ, but I got a picture with Horace and, you know, he was kind of like the guy for me at that point on. But, you know, I just think you, uh, for me, what stands out by the last dance is just, we'll never see another team like that. You know, in that day right. and age, just the polarizing, just human beings, but also players that they were. And I think today, when you think about positionless basketball, you know, you think about Ron Harper, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Kukoc, Rodman defensively. Um, it was really positionless basketball before positionless basketball. So, yes, it was. I, you know, I've, I've loved watching. I don't know how you feel, you know, what you think so far. But for me, it's been so much fun to watch. Well, yeah, for me, it's, it's so nostalgic because it brings back so many memories. When they'll show a highlight from a certain game, I mean, I have a right. visceral response. I remember exactly where I was sitting and watching the game and rooting for the Bulls. I just imagined everything was so much more heightened considering you're from Illinois. I mean, here I am in the suburbs yes. of Maryland I'm looking <laughs> at Michael Jordan as my idol. So I would imagine uh, when you're in the heart of it all, it's, it's just remarkable. Uh, uh, last thing, anything else you want to add to the listeners just about uh, coaching, about your – your journey and your relationship and everything you have going on at Duke. This, this has been really awesome, man. And I, I can't thank you enough uh, for your friendship and your leadership and, and your mentorship, but any other parting words or things you'd like to share before we say goodbye, my friend? No, I would just like to say, you know, this has been a time where I've tried to get better and, you know, reach out to people and think of different things. And if I can ever be of help to anybody that's listening, you know, email me, tweet me, direct message me, whatever it is, you know, I would love to, you know, be able to help the same way, you know, many people have helped me during this time and, you know, in my life. So I would love to pass that forward if I can ever be of help at all. Absolutely. That's awesome. And, and I'm, I know you can't do it right now because of the, the quarantining, but prior to this, do you still hoop at all? I do, you know, Nolan Smith, uh, Nolan and I, we have, uh, we try to, I think we were about uh, 201 this year in, uh, in our hoop game. So we try to oh get it gosh. in as much as possible. And, you know, just playing one-on-one? -on -one? 
we play two on two full court. Nolan and I are, are we're, we're teammates, right? We're oh, you're teammates. I got you. Yeah. So we're, yeah, I wish I was 201 versus Nolan one-on-one, but uh, yeah, we're, we're teammates. And so we still get it in and I think we're going to play until, uh, until, until we can't walk anymore. <laughs> are you playing Nate and Chris or who else are you guys playing? No, Nate and Chris are retired. So we'll I play our managers. So. Yeah. We'll play. <laughs> we have uh, our managers, part of the criteria. They, uh, they have to hoop. They have to uh, hoop. So we have some, some great games versus our managers. That's cool, man. And it, and it keeps you young. Well, thanks again for all you do for, for the coaching community and for me. And uh, yeah, wishing you and the Duke basketball family continued success, my friend. Alan, thanks a lot, my man. Appreciate it. it buddy. Later. All right. See ya. Well, that's it for us. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. For more killer free content, make sure you check out allensteinjr.com backslash free. Join me at Allenstein Jr. on all major social platforms and subscribe to my full timeout, 30 second timeout, and overtime monthly emails. I look forward to helping you raise your game.